Garrison Starr is a songwriter and performer who's been putting out albums since the 90s. She has a distinct style that gets to the heart of issues. Her recent album, Girl I Used to Be, reflects on her religious upbringing and her rejection from that world. Evangelical Christianity is anything but accepting of the LGBTQ community, and when Garrison was open about her sexuality, it became an issue. The album is intimate and poignant. The songs reflect on and try to make peace with the trauma of rejection. I appreciate it when artists have the guts to be vulnerable and share a piece of themselves. Garrison and I had a great conversation. I hope you dig it. So the, the, the new album is, uh, came out last month and it's called Girl I Used To Be. And I was wondering if you could just tell us a little bit about the recording of the album. Oh yeah, I'd love to. Um, well, so I recorded the, the record in, I think we determined it was late August, early September of 2018. And um, I worked with my old buddy, Nielsen Hubbard, who's from Jackson, Mississippi. And he and I met each other when I was, I think we met each other the summer before my first year of college. So we've known each other a long time. Um, and, you know, I realized, like, for one thing, I wasn't sure that I ever wanted to make another album again. So I just, you know, the artist, the experience of being an artist in this industry, you know, <laughs> the type of artist that I am anyway, you know, is it's a struggle. Like someone who really wants to sing their truth and and believes in something. Like, I really believe in the songs that I write. I believe in the music that I make, and especially now, because I really believe that I have a gift and that I am a vessel and I want to be used for good. And I want to be used to tell the truth. And I want to be used however I need to be used in this world through my music. That's really what I've come to believe, you know, that it's bigger than me. You know what I mean? And so I say all that to say that when I realized that I had a song's worth of material and I was really excited about it. I just, you know, that was the moment when I realized that I had something to say. That's the moment I wanted to make another record. Because before that, I just was used to releasing music and then being disappointed always for one reason or another. And, you know, I realize now to doing a lot of spiritual work that, you know, that was the story I was telling myself. That was the place I was living in. I had to work myself. You know, I had to work through all that stuff. But, you know, um, I had done so much co-writing and collaborating over the, the last few years at that time, thinking, well, my artist career is done. I'm just going to be a songwriter. And then, you know, thinking that every you know, songwriting session I had was, was, you know, trying to write a song for someone else, you know. But at the end of the day, I realized that there were so many songs that I'd been a part of writing, you know, mostly with a lot of younger artists who weren't cutting those songs. And I'm like, wow, this whole time I was thinking, I'm part of a team to help them create songs for their record. And it, it turned out that they all helped me to tell my story. You know, they all gave me a gift of a song that I got to sing, you know, and it was my story, you know, and that's why they didn't cut the songs because they were my songs, you know, and, and I just, uh, that was humbling to figure out. But anyway, I know I'm all over the place, but I promise I'm, I'm putting the train back on the track. So all that to say that when I realized that, oh, wow, I'm an artist and, you know, I'm always going to be an artist. What do you mean that you, you are, you don't, nobody tells you whether you're an artist or not. You just are, or you aren't. And I am. And when I realized I had something to say, I called Nielsen Hubbard and I said, Hey, you know, I, I, I don't want to make another record. And I think that you're the only person I can make it with because I knew that Nielsen would keep me honest. Um, and I knew that he would tell me when it was real. And so I called him and we did it. And, you know, we sat on, yeah. So anyway, that was the, the process of it. I, 
I sat down, you know, when I got to Nielsen's, he said, how do you want to do it? And I said, well, you're the producer. What do you mean? He's like, I mean, do you want to sit or stand? Do you want to have a band in here? What do you want to do? And I said, I just want to sit down with my acoustic guitar and play my songs. That's what I want to do. And beyond that, I don't really care, you know? So I sat down, no click, just me and an acoustic and some really old microphones. And I played all the songs, mostly once, one time through. But sometimes, a couple of them, maybe I did two takes. But mostly, I just sat down and played them all through. And and then we, Nielsen and I, built the performances around, uh, built our arrangements and and built the rest of the arrangements around those singular performances. So there was no click, and I think that's why the record sounds like a living, breathing thing, you know. <clears throat> but yeah, I played bass and he played drums to to all the performances, and then we. We had our buddy Juan come in and play electric, and uh, you know, then a few other people came in. But mostly, it was it's pretty insular. It was mostly me and Nielsen and Dylan. That's great. I like that. It has a really organic sound to it, and that, that all kind of makes sense. Yeah, thanks. That's you know, I, that's what I wanted. I, I felt like, and I've heard other artists say this, but I know for me, I, for so many years, I was running from the thing that everybody liked about me. Do you know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. The thing that everyone has always liked about me and my music is that I can just get up there with my guitar and play, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's what people like. So I think I've always gotten feedback that the records that I've made that sound more live are people's favorites. And I get that now because really, you know, my whole thing is wrapped up in the performance of the songs. It's not like, you know, oh, let's listen to her sing a perfect vocal. That's not who I am. You know, I'm a raw nerve. I'm a Tasmanian devil. Like, it is what it is in the moment. And I think that's what people like about me, the realness that I can bring. And, and you know, for so many years, I just was trying to figure out what did the industry want from me? How can I make this work? Working from the outside in, what is, what can I do to make, to bring people back? What can I do to push this along? And it's like, you know, now I can see just how backwards that is, that that can't be, that's not sustainable. That's not the way. You know, that's not inspiring. And I think that's why those records are not people's favorites. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Well, the, the last album came out a, a number of years ago, I think 2013. Um, and and you, I think you alluded to this in your in the last answer. But um, why was there such a big gap uh, between the albums? Well, you know, I, I think, I mean, I, and I don't, I I hope I don't sound self-deprecating. I don't mean to sound self-deprecating. I mean to sound honest when I say that, you know, I really had just been disappointed so many times in the business, Mm -hmm. either by the team that I had or by an experience that I had, uh, something somebody said about me, you know, somebody not really understanding what I was trying to communicate and not, you know what I mean? Like, I just, there were so many reasons I could give myself about why I was disappointed. I guess I was just a victim, you know, and by the time I released uh, Amateur and I was so excited about that record, I felt so good about it. And, and, you know, of course I can look back now and see that, well, the way you did all that was just not, I mean, what did you expect? You know, what did you expect Garrison? Like as a business person, what did you expect? You know, but as an artist, you always think about the miracles. You think, well, it's a dream and it'll happen because I believe it. And sometimes that's true. You know, but I mean, as a business person, you have to take responsibility for the fact that if you just throw something into the wind and it doesn't catch, you know, well, that's on you. You know what I mean? You didn't really set that up right, you know, but anyway, I, um, 
I think I was so dejected, really. I was so disappointed after that. And just I was just kind of hit a rock bottom career-wise. And I think, you know, that's what the universe was trying to, to do for me. Hey, man, you need to slow down, take a breath. We need to reassess. Cool. So um, something that connects to that, um, a, a couple songs on the album, The Devil in Me and uh, Don't Believe in Me, um, hit on some of the issues of uh, coming to terms with religious upbringing and sort of reflecting on yourself and, and all those sorts of things. Uh, I was wondering if you could talk about the, the themes that are on the album uh, that, that um, re- reflect on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but thank you for your thoughtful questions, by the way. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I grew up in evangelical Christianity, and I just remember having anxiety always. You know, I, from a very young age, I realized I was gay, and then I realized, well, this is going to be impossible. You know, you can't. There's no way you can do. There's no way you can be gay and also, you know live in this community you're living in and have these people in your life, you know? And I think, you know, there's, there are a lot of themes about religion and uh, rejection, abandonment, you know, bitterness. There are a lot of themes about that on this record, because I feel like because of my experience in the evangelical Christian church, um, you know, I've been angry and bitter and trying to untangle, you know, a lot of knots, emotionally and, and, you know, from a lot of trauma for a lot of years. And so I guess, you know, growing up in that environment, knowing that I was gay as a child, realizing that that wasn't a choice, but that at the same time, I thought that was wrong, that it wouldn't be a choice. Why isn't it a choice? Why can't I have everything I want? You know, for so um, cut to when I was in college, um, and I never talked to anybody about it because I, I didn't feel safe. I mean, I learned from a young age that I couldn't talk to anybody about mm-hmm. my true feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why I'm an, I mean, I think that's why I became a musician and songwriter because I could put everything, I could put all my truth in that, you know? Um, but anyway, I was outed when I was in college. Um, and so I lost control of the narrative, you know, um, a long time ago. I, you know, I, I think, um, we were approached, you know, by, I mean, it was like, it was like a, I mean, it was just like a bad afternoon, Saturday afternoon school special. I mean, it was like, you know, somebody's like, did you hear, did you hear? And then it spread everywhere. And then next thing you know, my roommates moved out, you know, um, somebody's had a, a consultation with their pastor who told them, yeah. And, you know, I was in a sorority and we were at Ole Miss and it was a big scandal. I mean, it was a scandal. Everyone was involved. People's mothers and grandmothers and Tri-Deltas and Kappa Deltas. And, you know, it was crazy. You know, we had pastors advising, you know, people to give us tough love until we repented from our sins. So, you know, we go sit down at the lunch table at the Cayo house and eat our chicken Tetrazzini and people would get up and walk out. I mean, I'm not even joking. Like we had people who our best friends who just acted like they didn't see us, acted like they didn't hear us. It was humiliating. It was horrifying. It was so hurtful. And then I became super angry at that point. You know, I didn't trust people. I I was looking for somebody to blame for a long time. And then I became bitter. And, you know, um, so, you know, that's been a big theme for me over the last 
to be honest, 20 years of trying to come to terms with, with all that trauma in my past, you know, and trying to figure out how do you navigate having relationships with your family and people you love, but, but that, you know, how do you make amends for these things? How do you accept forgiveness from them? How do you, how do you give forgiveness to them? You know, how do you love yourself? Who are you? Is it okay? Do you really feel okay? You know, I mean, this is just, it's heavy stuff, but it's stuff I've always dealt with, you know, um, having grown up in that. And, um, and, you know, thematically on this record, I, I thought it wasn't, I mean, I guess for a long time in my career, I didn't talk about that stuff on stage or I wasn't super open about it because I didn't think people wanted to hear that, you know? And then over time I realized, wow, your story though, Garrison, like, you know, empowers other people, you know? And so that's become a bigger part of, of my, um, I don't know, my persona is just being as honest and real as I can be uh, because I feel like it does help some people, you know, like when I think about how suffocated and how alone I felt and how sometimes I still feel that way because it's what I'm used to, you know, it's, it's, it's sad. It's hard. And the loneliness can be overwhelming, you know? And so, um, so I don't know. I I feel like I I hope that this record, you know, will connect with people. And I, and I feel like I know that it will. I just, you know, I hope that people can find strength and empowerment and forgiveness and all those things that I've found. I hope that people can find that too you know, through this music. I really do. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I come from uh, the evangelical world as well. I'm a former evangelical and, and um, oh, wow. my wife and I were um, kind of uh, kicked off of a board um, of uh, uh, um, this organization for supporting gay marriage. And um, oh. we, we had to resign basically to kind of protect the, the person who was running things. Cause we didn't want to like, it was her, her, we still liked her and wanted to re- maintain that relationship. Um, but it was just this bizarre thing, you know? And it, I remember at the time just thinking like, this is, I was, I remember thinking like 10 years from now, you guys are going to look so dumb, you know? And we're kind of, oh man, we're yeah. about 10 years from now. Also, it's, it's bizarre. You know? But also, why are you doing that? Like what, where did you, where are you getting, where are you getting the idea that Jesus would want you to treat anybody like that? Do you guys even read the Bible? Like, do you know anything about the new Testament? It's like, I'm so sick of people hiding behind these cardboard cutout Trump Jesuses. It's just like, when did that become a thing? That is so transparent to me that I just don't even get it. I do not even get it. And like, I struggle with this in my own family because it's just like, man, you're not hearing me. You guys are talking out of both sides of your mouth. You know, I just don't get that. It makes me so mad. You know, I just, I have to, oh, like I just have to take a deep breath. I just, I just, it seems so obvious to me. Everything you just said, it's just like, what are you doing? Open up the sky and let me out. Want to stare you in the face and ask you how Am I supposed to wait a lifetime To finally be set free How can I believe in something That don't believe in me Do you know who Jim Hatmaker is? Uh, yeah, yeah, the blogger yeah, well, and she used to be like, you know, from what I understand, because we played, me and Sean McConnell played a venue in Austin, Texas a couple of years ago when we were out on tour, mm-hmm. um, and it's called the O4 Center, and it's in this church, mm-hmm. and it's, but the church is like a cool church where they accept everybody, mm-hmm. and, you know, and Jen, I guess, goes to that church, but anyway, 
I found out about her story through these people who uh, are good friends with her. And they were like, yeah, she was like high up in the, you know, she was like a big evangelical, kind of like Glennon Doyle. You know, she was way involved in all that. And then her her daughter, Sydney, Jen's daughter, Sydney, came out as gay. And, you know, she lost a lot of friends. She she was no longer a leader in that same, you know, in that same brand. You know what I'm saying? She was no longer a leader in that circle because of her daughter and well i mean just you know we just don't i mean we just don't know where we where we where we fit or where we land with that or whatever people say to like shimmy around but anyway she has been very outspoken of like you know what you know i mean it's cool to follow her on instagram because she'll be like if any of y'all say anything sideways about my daughter then i'm coming out you know i mean you know what i'm saying she's a she's a strong mama mama hen but Anyway, she has an interesting story there, too, which is, uh, and she's still a, a Christian, you know, a, an evangelical, I guess, but not in that. I mean, I don't know. Just, you know what I'm saying. No, no, I get you. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a confusing space to be in. If you, if you want to um, be affirming of, of the LGBT community and you want to be a person of faith in the Christian community, there is hardly any place for you. Um, the evangelical world has become so stridently super conservative, pro-Trump, all that kind of stuff. There's no space for a person. It seems like to me that there's no space for it. And, and, um, I don't, yeah, my, my wife and I are in that, in that spot right now, trying to figure out kind of where we fit into everything. Um, that's so interesting. Well, you know, it's in a, in a similar way, you know, it's like, I never really felt like I, I have never really felt like I particularly perfectly fit in anywhere either. Not just spiritually, but just like, you know, me as Garrison Star, the human, you know, like, because I, you know, I've always been a tomboy. I've always preferred more masculine stuff. You know, mm-hmm. I, I sway a little bit more masculine. I feel a little bit more masculine and I like to do, you know, I like guy clothes. I like guy smells. You know, I'm I'm just more like that, you know, and that, you know, I've never been very feminine, although, you know, there are some things you know, I, I totally have some feminine traits that I, if I'm looking at a scale from one to 10, I'm an eight towards the dude side. You know what I'm saying? And that's always been, that was weird for me growing up too. I don't know. I just was resonating with what you were saying about, you know, the Christian community. It's like, I feel that way just in life. You know, I've always felt that way growing up and just my experience in the world. It makes me think about other people who must feel that way, even, you know, in the church or not in the church, you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting commonality. You know, absolutely. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird not fitting in for sure, especially people. I know. People are such social creatures. Good for you, you though. You know, good for you and your wife. You know, for for being true to yourself and knowing that you stand for something and not not being swayed. I mean, that's because you know that's the type of person. You know what I'm saying? Like a type Mm -hmm. of person who who just goes along with what other people do, or someone who stands in their truth. Because they know it's right, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. I think Christians need that. Christianity needs that. Needs more people like you to say, no, sorry, bro. That's not, that's not what this is. That's not what this is. That's not who Jesus is. You know what I mean? Mm -mm. No, we're not, we're not doing that. You know? Totally. Yeah. Unfortunately, I feel like there's so much money in it that that to me is probably the root. Ironically, that's probably the root of it all. You know, people are making money on that brand. So, you know. All right. Well, that's that's good stuff, man. It's uh, that, I think there's um, many books and movies that of, of former evangelicals and people who have dealt with all this 
ready to be made. Um, I, there's a whole community of people who have been like your story of being ostracized and put through all this. I, I just think there's a whole world out there that hasn't been um, uh, look, looked at yet. And uh, it's, it's I think you're right. I mean, I think there's more. I think, you know, there are so many more, you know, there's so many more of us in a way. I think there's a lot of people, you know, hiding in the shadows. Mm-hmm. you know, who need to come out and tell their stories, like you're saying, like people, I mean, I think we'd be surprised how many of us would gather together in a place, you know, if, if, if we were all invited to do so, mm-hmm. hey, show up at the, in the desert at the world's largest crater at 12 p.m. on this day, if you believe, you know, if you believe we can change the world with radical love and inclusivity, you know, we don't have to live in a world. I mean, I feel like so many people would show up and be like, yes, yeah. let's do it. Let's change the narrative. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's powerful. But anyway, what a great, uh, opportunity to talk to you. I, you seem like such a cool dude. I'm like, I really want to stay in touch with you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate it. It's been a good talk so far. I like it. Well, I wanted to chat with yeah. you about the, another song, uh, downtown Hollywood. I thought it was, it was really pretty. And, um, I, I love the, the, the story in it. I was wondering if it was biographical or is that a, um, a, a fictional story you made up? Oh, well, so I wrote that song with my buddy, Travis Howard, and Travis is from uh, Georgia. And so he and I both have a similar, it, we have a similar story in timeline. Like we both came to, to LA, like in the mid to late nineties, and we both fell in love with it for the same reasons in the same way, hmm. you know? So he came from a religious background too, and he, he kind of busted out, was had to get away from it. You know, he needed to get out as well. And we both found refuge in the city. And so uh, you know, Travis brought some of his own story to the to the song as well as myself, and so so yeah. I mean, it's autobiographical. I mean, it, it's all stuff that really happened to us, and it's all real in terms of what the city means to us and and um, and all that. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. I really love that song, especially the ending. All right. Well, the um, the album's out, and um, it's in the out in the middle of a pandemic, and everything is weird. With you know, shows are just kind of slowly starting back up, but people are real hesitant about it. Um, I'm interested in, in what yeah. your plans are for for the rest of this year. Well, we're um, to be honest, we're working up to touring too. So right now, we fingers crossed, we should be out in about uh, in late fall of this coming year. Okay. Um, we're looking at some Southeast stuff at that time, and then we're going to be building from there. Um, but yeah, from now and then, uh, I've got a bunch of live stream shows that are coming up and I'm going to be doing some of that. And I'm doing more writing with my band, my sister, my brother. So I'll be taking some trips to Nashville and, um, yeah, staying busy with my songwriting sessions, just as I do in general. But, but yeah, in terms of girl, I used to be, um, you know, we're going to keep releasing some content there and, and, uh, you know, continue to work toward our tour dates coming late fall. So super pumped. Can't wait to play these songs live. It's just like all I want to do. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Are people feeling pretty, um, pretty strong about um, uh, shows in the fall um, as far as like, like your team and all that kind of stuff goes? Well, I mean, I think, I think we feel, I think my agent feels really good about it right now. You know, we're all feeling good about it right now because it seems like it's, you know, right now it seems like it's trending in that direction. And yeah, I mean, you know, I, I really hope it holds. I know everybody is, you know, praying that it holds. Cause I don't know, I, you know, I mean, I don't know what a second wave of what we just went through would look like, you know, I'm sure everyone's kind of on pins and needles about that, but, 
But yeah, right now I think everyone's feeling good about it. The energy seems to be positive. Yeah, the vaccines are getting out there. Yeah, totally. I mean, and you got, I got to say, it's just like, man, they started, they put that thing in turbo gear. Yeah. You know, good for them. Yeah. That's great stuff. All right. Well, yeah. um, that's all the questions I had for you about the, uh, the, the album and, and the songs and everything. If people want to find out more about you, support you, um, support your music by merch and that kind of stuff, what's the best place to find you online? Garrisonstar.com. Two R's in Garrison, two R's in star.com. All things Garrison Star. Awesome. It's the, the one-stop shop. That's right. Go see. Go check it. Perfect. All right. Well, thanks for connecting with me today. I, uh, I really enjoyed chatting with you about all that stuff. Man, I loved it. I thank you so much for making the time and having me on. It was awesome. And uh, I hope we cross paths again. Downtown high.